You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text as this is a recording and lines are now closed. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all and welcome back to the Drive Time show. So we've got two very interesting topics for our listeners today. In the first hour we'll be discussing space is anyone out there and in the second hour we'll be talking about science all roads lead to God Almighty. These are two very interesting topics and you are joined by myself uh, Nosherwan Rashid and um for the first topic we're talking about space and whether there is life outside of the planet earth. It is a very interesting topic because Islam has said um a lot on on this and um the Holy Quran itself guides us regarding this matter. So we live in a universe that is vast and it spans distances containing billions of galaxies each with billions of stars. The question of whether we are alone in this universe is a significant one and throughout human history humans have pondered over this question. It's not a recent question, it's not something that's asked ever um, uh, it's not common but it's very common um these questions arise in a human mind very often and that is there life outside this earth and of course scientists have uh, ex- are they trying to explore they're trying to see um if there is life and they've been trying for many centuries now and of course many philosophers as well philosophers writers and scientists they have debated the topic over the centuries so what does islam say and what does allah the almighty say allah the almighty in holy quran chapter 51 verse 48 he states and the heaven we built with our own powers and indeed we go on expanding it so the whole universe it's so large that a, a human mind cannot comprehend and it is allah alone who knows um how big how um the universe is and of course scientists astronomers they've all done their studies they're trying to do, find out um the answer to these questions just a study in um um in in uh, 1994 it was an article written by an astron- astronomer and author Carl Sagan of Cornell University um he wrote this article in scientific american that while no one has yet found living organisms beyond the earth rapidly accumulating evidence strongly suggests that the universe abounds with planetary systems <clears throat> something like our own and in the same article he wrote that the community of scientists concerned with finding life elsewhere in the solar system has contended itself with a chemical approach human beings as well as every other organism on earth are based on liquid water and organic molecules a modest search strategy might then begin by looking for liquid water and organic molecules of course such a protocol might miss forms of life about which we are wholly ignorant but that does not mean we could not detect them by other method- methods so it is interesting that you know astronomers and scientists and they've they've re- they've researched significantly authors have written books on these topics and 
Yet we haven't come to a concise conclusion yet. <clears throat> In another verse of the Holy Quran, Allah the Almighty states that do not the unbelievers see that the heavens and the earth were a closed up mass. Then we clothed them asunder and we made from water every living thing. Will they not then believe? This is chapter 21, verse 31. And now almost three decades later, we are at, a, at the doorway of new discoveries to prove and find life that may exist and also that it may be plentiful. The odds of finding water and alien life outside the solar system, it's also a, a subject in question. Um, whether aliens exist, whether we have life outside this planet, um, if they exist, how are they living, um, what is the surroundings um, they're in. Regarding this, Allah the Almighty states in the Holy Quran, chapter 42, verse 30, And among his signs is the creation of the heavens and the earth, and of whatever living creatures he has spread forth in both. And he has the power to gather, gather them together, when he will so please. So of course, as human beings, we are like limited to to what we know, to what our studies show, to what we find. And of course, it takes it takes decades of um, decades and centuries of research to come up with such uh, conclusions. But of course, Allah the Almighty, who is all powerful and He is all knowing, it's in His knowledge of what exactly um, if there is life outside um, earth uh, how they're living or what conditions um, and of course he's all-knowing um, because he's the omnipotent, omnipotent God and he's all-knowing so but ov obviously our human intellect cannot uh, comprehend or cannot understand um, what, what we know so the, the findings of a recent study presented at the Goldschmidt Geochemistry Conference in Lyon and published, uh, published recently in the journal Nature, it suggested increased chances of the existence of many more Earth-like planets hosting water in the liquid state, hence increasing the odds of finding alien life outside the solar system. And also the study co-author Dujendra Oha from Rutgers University said that their work shows that water can be found in places that were not much considered before. So this significantly increased the chances of finding environments where life could in theory develop. Even if the surface of a planet is frozen, there are still chances of finding liquid water under the ground because of the heat generated by radioactivity. Uh, of course, uh, we will be discussing this with our special guests um, who have a lot more knowledge and they will share their experiences and their research with our listeners. Um, with, with our first guest, um, who is Mahbar Akbar, <clears throat> and she is an avid particle physics and space enthusiast who is currently pursuing a master's degree from Spain. We held an interview with her earlier and uh, we would like to play the recording for our listeners. So, Mahfara, what sparked your interest in space sciences and how do you pursue your passion for science? Uh, first of all, Zakala for having me. 
Um, so ever since I was little, I've always been curious about space and about how or why things work. I'm actually mm-hmm. from a small town in Pakistan. And at nighttime, because of low shooting, we couldn't, there were no lights around. And the yeah. whole sky would be filled with tiny twinkling stars. And I was always fascinated by them because I wanted to know what they were or what life outside might be like. I used to imagine that I was an astronaut. And then that interest continued to grow by watching National Geographic. I used to watch a lot of shows. And as I continued to grow up, I started participating in different conferences, events, talks, read a lot of books, and went through a lot of citizen science projects. So that kind of interest has been with me since I was a child. I worked on a lot of different projects. That is the most recent one I was working on was about class- looking for planet X. We believe that there is a planet out, like, outside Neptune or further away from Neptune that we don't know within our solar system. And then there's one about classifying galaxies. So those kind of projects are the ones that I continue to do because it's a passion of mine. I know a lot of people do say, um, why do you go into space? Why is space important when it's just outside, it's too far away, it's not related to, uh, to us here on Earth? And I always tell them, well, there's this famous Matco toast, and it goes like, here's secure mathematics. May it never be of any use to anyone. And ironically, um, it's the foundation on which all applied maths and their correlate technologies exist or work. And that's the same thing that goes with space exploration as well. It's all around us. It helps us in daily life, yet whether people realize it or not. Mm, Interesting. So do you believe that extraterrestrial life exists elsewhere and we're not alone in the universe? Definitely. Um, Being an Ahmadi Muslim, of course, uh, the Holy Quran has clearly stated that aliens exist. In one of the verses specifically, if I will quote here, um, it goes like, And among his signs is the creation of the heavens and the earth, and of whatever living creatures he has spread forth in both. That's chapter 42, verse 30. Um, Mm -hmm. The Arabic word that is used here for living creatures is the word deba, which translates to or covers all the animals that creep or move along the surface of the earth. This, uh, to point out here, it does not apply to any animal that swims or flies. So... The type of alien, I don't think it's the alien that most people usually envision, you know, like the ones with the green or the gray bodies, large heads, large eyes. I don't think that's the type of aliens that we're looking for that exists. But yes, any form, the definition of an alien says that anything that's outside of Earth, it's in space, it's a living creature. It just might be Mm -hmm. unicellular bacteria or fungi. So I do believe that they exist. Um, but not the type of things that people are looking for. If we're looking from a scientific perspective as well, logically it makes sense as well. If we're keeping the religious things aside, um, we live in the Milky Way galaxy. Our Earth is just part of technically eight planets around the sun. Within our galaxy alone, there are 100 billion stars. And within the observable universe, according to recent estimates, we have approximately 2 trillion galaxies. It makes sense logically that somewhere out there, there is life. So yes, I do believe in it. By the way, uh, the same Quranic verse, if we continue to look at towards the end of the same verse, it continues and it says, um, and he has the power to gather them together. We're talking about the life in the previous verse. He said that, and whatever living creatures he has spread forth in both. Um, The verse continues and says, and he has the power to gather them together. 
when he so pleases. Uh, same chapter, verse for, uh, chapter 42, verse 30. So again, the Holy Quran has told us that we will definitely, Allah Ta'ala has the power, we will definitely as humans meet aliens in the future whenever God pleases. It could be a physical contact, it could be contact through communication, but the Quranic prophecy clearly tells us that yes, aliens exist, they're out there, and one day or another, we as humans will be meeting them, or at least we'll get in touch with them. So, Fascinating. I definitely believe that aliens exist. Okay, so um, how does the study of exoplanets contribute to understanding of the likelihood of extraterrestrial life? Uh, so the first thing to keep in mind here is to know what ex- exoplanets are. They are planets which are outside of our solar system, so we can't consider Neptune or Uranus or the other planets to be here. They are planets which orbit other stars. And according to, like, to date, NASA has confirmed about 5,000 confirmed exoplanets within our galaxy alone. That's out of a billion. And, but that's the limitation with our current telescopes. That's the ones we've been able to confirm. And we know that there are billions of other planets within our Milky Way galaxy as well. Um, studying these definitely will they help us to understand. And we know that there are very high chances that there is life out there. We just need, in order for life to exist, we need to have certain conditions. There, according to science, there must be water, there must be the temperature of the planet shouldn't be too hot or too cold, the atmosphere needs to be able to support it. And we have found some planets, some likely candidates, where water molecules have been found in the atmosphere. But as of now, they have not found any liquid water yet. Some of the planets that we have confirmed are either too hot or too cold. But studying them for as a future step to look for extraterrestrial life, scientists envision looking for biosignature molecules as a sign of life. We analyzed them. Up till now, we've not found them. Scientists look for the presence of oxygen as a key indicator that life exists, um, having ozone or methane on the planets within the atmosphere. But the problem with this, it sounds easy that we're just looking for oxygen in space. If we find it, we know that life exists there. Uh, The problem with that is that these kind of gases, ozone, methane, or oxygen, they're quite difficult with our current technology. They're quite difficult to detect. Our Earth, we know for a fact that, yes, life exists because we're all here. We're talking to each other. But if we're looking at, in the past, if there was, let's say, an alien astronaut somewhere out there and they had pointed their telescopes or their machinery towards Earth, there have been huge swaths of time through Earth's history where it would have been very difficult to see the presence of these gases and biochemicals, even though we are sure from geological records that we've been here for a very long time. But up until a few hundred million years ago, if someone from outside had been looking towards the Earth, they they would have seen a barren land. We'll plan it, but they wouldn't have been able to detect any of these gases. And that's the kind of problem that we face as well. Um, It's difficult to go in person. That's another thing that people say, why don't we go in person or why don't we send robots or humans to these planets to look for life there? If we know that there is an exoplanet and we think that, yes, there are water molecules, why don't we send people to go out there and look for these traces? Again, the problem comes with the same thing. We've not been able to send people to Mars, even though it's really, really close. It's within the solar system. Um, But sending a person, the closest exoplanet that we have is about four light years away. 
and sending that's about 9,000, that's in terms of light years, that's 9.46 trillion kilometers. Sending a person or any robot or any machinery there is impossible. So studying them with our current technology, it does increase the likelihood. But what happens is when we look at these candidates, there are just too many planets out there, confirmed exoplanets. And most of the times what happens is we look at a planet, we look for these key biosignatures. And when we don't find them, we say, okay, this planet is likely not going to have any alien life on it. We skip it, we move on to the next one. But what I think this is the wrong approach to looking for aliens, um, probably we are looking, I'll actually explain this later, but probably we're not looking for the right type of aliens or we're just not looking for it the right way. I know they exist. We just need to look at it a little bit deeper, but addressing or asking the right questions. Mm -hmm. Lastly, what do you think are the biggest challenges in the search for extraterrestrial life? There are actually many challenges. You, the first one, the most obvious one is definitely the technology. Our telescopes or the machinery, we have really amazing telescopes out there. Hubble is the closest one, which almost everyone knows, but there are limitations. Um, we do need to send humans outside. We need to be able to detect gases. But again, the same problem comes up. Technology, we don't have it. It's not that we can't develop it. Um, it's that we do need to be able to work together. I know a lot of countries have these amazing space programs, but unfortunately, every one of us is working in different directions and there's little collaboration. Um, I believe if we do try to work together on an international scale, space agencies working together, putting aside our differences, uniting against space, I believe we would be able to find extraterrestrial life. That's one of the biggest challenges that we have, um, getting people to work together. Um, the other challenge, uh, that's the one I alluded to before as well, was the search for extraterrestrial life. We are not looking for the right type of aliens or the right type of, again, the life outside in space. Um, mm. There are, we normally say if there is oxygen, that's the key indicator to life or certain biochemicals. But if you're looking at examples here on Earth, you know, there are certain bacteria. There's this desert in Chile that's called the Atacama Desert. Mm. Its average annual rainfall is less than two millimeters per year. And there's this basin there, the salt basin. The lake itself is very shallow. It's extremely salty. It's like you have the drain opener. Really salty, very alkaline. There are volcanic rocks underneath it. It seeps deadly arsenic into the water. There are a lot of sulfides that go into it, corrosive sulfides. Yet, within the same harsh air conditions, you have purple photosynthetic bacteria thriving there. You look at deep sea, you have hydrothermal vents. Within those thermal vents or right next to them, the temperature and the pressure is so high that the water, if we're looking at deep ocean, the water boils at 340 degrees Celsius there. Yet you have a whole ecosystem thriving, bacteria living. These are called extremophiles. So you have multicellular as well as unicellular organisms here living on Earth in extreme conditions. You also have uh, organisms which live in the deep sea at minus 12 degrees Celsius. They're adapted. They don't freeze. They're adapted to living there. You have those which live in the Mediterranean Ocean salt basin. They live in the sediments. 
they, it's so salty that the oxygen water above it does not mix with it. So those bacteria, those unicellular and multicellular organisms are living without oxygen. Some are living in extremely high temperatures. Some are living in extremely cold temperatures. So when we say that we're looking for life that we need oxygen or we need the atmosphere, I don't think that's true. We need to be open to all possibilities when looking for it. So first, changing our perspective. That's one of the biggest challenges. Then working together, international collaboration. Uh, if we get these two things together, I think we can do anything. We're humans. We are made to overcome these kind of obstacles. So if we just work together rather than working separately, um, when humanity comes together, I think we can definitely overcome all these obstacles or challenges that we face. It's like, you know, when you have little kids, you tell a child you can't do something or you can't have it. And suddenly that's the thing that he wants the most. You tell an entire generation that uh, you can't cure cancer. And you will see suddenly thousands of people working together, dedicating their whole lives to looking for cures for cancer. You send a lion. This is a really good example. You would send a lion. You would tell a lion, um, kick it out of its territory. And that's it. It will either the lion will either have to look for a new pride or die. Yet, if you do the same thing with humans, you kick them out of their territory. Uh, they would come back with their friends in some really large sticks. You beat them they'll come back with a whole army. We're humans. We know we can always challenge these obstacles. We can always overcome them. We just need to unite and collaborate with each other if we want to see these amazing wonders outside in space and find human, like extraterrestrial life, which is what we're hoping. That was Mahpara Akbar, who is an enthusiast who is currently pursuing master's degree from Spain. And it was really interesting to hear what she had to say and what her findings and research had to say. Uh, we want you to get involved. We want your um, comments on what you think and what your research says. So do get involved. Uh, give us a call on 028-687-7878 or you can um, message us or DM us on our social media at Voice of Islam UK. I'm now joined by, uh, with my co-host uh, Zakaria. Um, who had de uh, got delayed today slightly, uh, but he's made it to the studio now and we will be discussing um, space, is there life outside together. Uh, Zakaria, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, um, Nashawan. Thank you very much. Um, so, uh, how are you? Alhamdulillah, by the grace of Allah, I'm well. Uh, just got a bit of a sore throat, but do you, okay. Don't worry, I'll uh, you know I'll help you. <laughs> yeah, so you can <laughs> when, do it. when you uh, you know when your throat uh, when your throat gets uh, dry, then yeah. I'll cover up, inshallah. Exactly. God willing. Uh, thank you. But may Allah help you, um, and uh, thank you very much for even though having a sore throat, uh, <laughs> it's it's our duty um, to be able to to present Islam yep. in the best way possible. And through Voice Voice of Islam, you know, we uh, discuss different um, you know topics that interest everyone. And like today's um, topic, it's a very interesting topic, isn't it? It is because you know I ev I think every child um, yeah. in the in young ages, yeah. you're very fascinated about mm -hmm. Earth. You're very fascinated about Earth and the whole universe. Yes, and you know, it's something like as kids, you just want to learn more about. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, it's it's really great, even for uh, it's for everyone uh, to. And we're talk, we're talking about it specifically today, um, and um, hopefully our listeners can benefit 
from what we're discussing mm-hmm. and are able to provide them the Islamic teachings on uh, what Islam says. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I'm pretty sure that, if you're, that you've already, uh, you know, mentioned some of the teachings of the Holy Quran yes. and Islam about, uh, you know, life beyond uh, our earth. Yeah. Um, and and we believe that there is definitely life um, outside because uh, you know human race have only you know lived for you know uh, hundreds of thousands of years but that's that's not all the earth uh, and the universe uh, has been existed for I don't know how many billions, billions of, of years, years yeah. right so um, and there should be um, like the Holy Quran also states. Uh, life beyond uh, life outside our world um, but then scientists have you know previously found that in the solar system uh, some moons such as uh, Saturn's Europa uh, have substantial underground liquid water even though their surfaces are completely frozen um, and this is due to their interior being continuously churned by the gravitational effects of large planets they orbit, which makes the moons of Jupiter and Saturn prime candidates of finding life in our solar system. And as we know in the Holy Quran also says that life comes Mm -hmm. from water. And for us to live in any other planet, the main thing that we look out for is, is there any water? Because us carrying water from Earth to another planet will be, you know, <laughs> challenging, uh, challenging or impossible, you can say. But if there is already, you know, water there, that means possibly there could be life in those planets. Um, I believe there they have also found a planet uh, in another uh, galaxy, I believe, where, uh, you know, they got where they found water where they think that there might be water mm. uh, not frozen but flowing water I think they from this discovery they found they, they made the movie Interstellar if I'm not wrong um, I have not seen that so, so I, it's I, a I very know. fascinating movie but you know you probably have to like do some research and maybe watch a few times to understand them maybe but you know i think they got this the idea of the because they they went to a planet where the whole planet is covered in water um but yeah it's it's a very interesting yeah, uh, so topic maybe we could ask that to a professional as well yep so Zakir, we put out a poll or on um instagram yesterday mm-hmm. asking our um, followers that is their life on other planets and what they think mm. and 82% of them said yes okay. and the 18% said no okay and the 82% i mean according to the teachings of islam they're right there is life yep. outside planet mm-hmm. um scientists are yet to discover that planet uh, that that life outside mm-hmm. so it's very interesting Yes, um, it's very interesting, definitely. But let's speak to one of our guests uh, who's live with us, uh, Professor Matt, uh, who has joined us uh, today. Uh, assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you, and welcome to uh, the show. I think he, um, the thing might be, but he's not with us yet. He should be joining us shortly. 
Um, okay, so um, okay, so yeah, so we, we still need to, uh, you know. Yeah, people will be with us yeah. shortly. Yeah. So Zakaria, yeah, there are some stars in the Milky Way galaxy called M dwarfs. Dwarfs. These are small stars, much colder than the sun, and many Earth-like exoplanets orbit these stars. Some scientists believe that it is likely that a high percentage of these exoplanets can have sufficient heat to sustain liquid water. Mm-hmm. So their research is getting somewhere. They they are finding, mm-hmm. but whether we have the means of going to such planets mm-hmm. or will we be able to create um, these that whether we should be, whether we can approach these planets or how we should mm-hmm. th- that's going to be quite challenging because it, it these are yeah. these um, planets they they're thousands of light years away from us mm-hmm. um and of course um, even getting to the moon um which india successfully done uh, a week or two ago um for their for their uh, research and for their experiments yeah i mean it was a very uh, extraordinary uh, you know, achievement of India as well, right? Uh, with a very low budget, uh, they managed to go to the 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 south pole of the moon, where no one has you know reached before, uh, which was also very very challenging as well. You know, they had some challenges, I guess, and uh, apparently they went to the south pole uh, with a budget of lower than one of the. The movies, like like I mentioned, Interstellar, they've spent yeah. more than than uh, what India has spent f- to to send, um, you know, their their space shuttle to the moon. But it's very very interesting. Um, now, the Holy Quran in chapter sixty five, verse number thirteen, states that Allah is He who created seven heavens and of the earth, the like thereof. Um, the divine command comes down in their midst that you may know that Allah has power over all things and that Allah encompasses all things in his knowledge. Last year in 2022, scientists discovered an exo- a, a, a exoplanet, uh, a ocean world, just 100 light years from Earth. And this is what I was actually, you know, thinking. Uh, so it is actually that they have found a, a, a planet that... Um, is like a ocean world. Um, you could say that the whole planet is covered by by water. Uh, a paper on its discovery says that the entire planet is covered by a thick layer of water, and that it's located far enough from its star to possibly support life. Um, this discovery, along with recent discoveries of other potential exoplanets that can harbor life, has led many leading astronomers to conclude that we are not alone in the universe. And scientists have also spotted the building block of RNA uh, at the center of the Milky Way. RNA or the uh, ribonucleic acid, a molecule similar to DNA, and uh, it is present in all living cells. The team of researchers discovered the building blocks of RNA in the molecular cloud in our galaxy. Um, and then uh, more, uh, some more research done by uh, a Japanese who also discovered 
more than 20 amino acids on the space rock Ryugu, uh, which is more than 200 million miles from Earth, according to Kensei uh, Kobayashi, a professor uh, emeritus of uh, astrobiology at uh, Yokohama National University, uh, proving amino acids exist in the subsurf uh, surface of asteroids increases the likelihood that the compounds arrived on Earth from space. This means that amino acids could likely be found on other planets and natural satellites, a clue that life could have been born in more places in universe than previously thought. And, you know, it's also an evidence that, uh, you know, through um, we've found some sort yes. of bacteria in, in, um, in the asteroids that, you know, yeah. have fallen on Earth. From that, we can also, you know, find out that Yes, if they if, if bacteria could live on on asteroids, that means there sh there must be, you know, uh, life beyond yeah, the Earth. Beyond Earth. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so Zakaria, we have um, Professor Matt Bothwell, who is a public astronomer at the Institute of Astronomy, University of Cambridge. Uh, Professor Assalamualaikum, peace be upon you, and thank you for joining us today. As a professor, I have to say, I'm just a, a lowly doctor, I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, thank you very much uh, once again for joining us. Uh, it's our pleasure having you on our show today. So, Professor, just to get straight in, what do you think are the most compelling reasons to believe that life might exist elsewhere in the universe? Yeah, so it's a really good question. And I'm pretty sure there isn't a single person in the world that hasn't thought about this at some point. Yep. Um, I think it really just comes down to the fact that like the earth probably isn't that special like life is abundant here on earth right you can't look at any environment on earth and not find it teeming with life yes. uh, but you know earth is a rocky planet orbiting every ordinary star in the milky way we know there are hundreds of billions of stars inside the milky way on average there's about a planet per star more or less mm -hmm. so we're, you know, we're looking at hundreds of thousands of millions of planets in the Milky Way and as I think you were just talking about before I came on the ingredients for life are common we know that water carbon dioxide and methane are also really really common out yeah. there in the universe and so really I think it just comes down to the fact that either you have to believe that the earth is like incredibly magic and special that only life can be here or we take the sort of the more standard scientific like Copernican view that we're pretty much like everywhere else and then you can say well life's probably everywhere as well right and as being um how do astronomers identify and study exoplanets and you know what are the key characteristics they look for in potentially like finding these habitable wor uh, worlds yeah so f finding planets is hard right because normally because they're next to stars stars are big yeah. and bright the planets are tiny and faint and so you can't just like look with a telescope and hope to see the, the planet you've you got to be a bit more smart of course. Uh, we've got a couple of different ways uh, we sometimes look for uh, the star wobbling around and that tells us that the gravity of the planet is affecting the star we don't see the planet for real but we can see the star wobbling we can say okay we're seeing the individual oh, sorry the d distinctive gravitational hand of the planet we can also look for some of the light of the star being blocked as the planet passes in front that's called a transit uh, so essentially it's by studying stars we can tell that the planets are there uh, in terms of telling that they're habitable um, we've got a few different ways we do that uh, yeah. we can 
by looking at how much the star is wobbling and how much light is being blocked, we can get an idea of how big the planet is and how far it is away from the star. And those things can lead us to, to know what the temperature on the planet is and what the planet is made of. And when we have a planet that's rocky and seems to be at a reasonable temperature, then we can say, okay, this planet has a good chance of being habitable. Mm -hmm. um, and and w there must be limitations and challenges in detecting extraterrestrial life with the current technology, right? Um, there really are, absolutely. Um, these, when we talk about detecting extraterrestrial life, we do it in a few different ways. Uh, there's something called the search for extraterrestrial intelligence that your listeners might have heard of. Mm -hmm. um, essentially, it's the idea that you set up a bunch of radio telescopes and you just listen for intelligent signals from the stars. You listen for ET saying, you know, beep, boop, we're out here. Mm -hmm. That's been going for 50 years. We've heard nothing at all. Um, so when we, when we talk about looking for life in a scientific way, normally what we're doing these days is looking for what we call biosignatures in the atmospheres of these planets. Uh, and so we look for essentially the chemicals of life. We look for things like oxygen, like methane, like carbon dioxide, and all of these things are associated with life. So if we find the signatures of these chemicals in the atmospheres of the planets, then we can say, okay, well, there's a, there might be something interesting mm -hmm. going on here. Uh, there's recently a result that came out of Cambridge uh, just yesterday. We found a planet 100 light years away uh, that has both carbon dioxide and methane in its atmosphere. Mm -hmm. um, it's an ocean planet, we think, in the habitable zone. Mm -hmm. So it's all looking very exciting, right? It's a habitable ocean world with the chemicals of life. Most excitingly, there was a detection of a chemical, or a, a sort of a tentative direction, uh, detection of a chemical called dimethyl sulfide. And on Earth, that chemical is only produced by life. Mm -hmm. by like marine plankton and breathe it to breathe it out uh so incredibly ex exciting stuff it's obviously not we're, we're not lo looking through telescopes and actually seeing aliens walking around but there's a good chance we can actually see these chemicals of life on distant planets and that can lead us to think there could well be life here and is is it the same planet that uh, they have discovered uh, i believe uh, a few years ago uh, which was also an ocean planet uh, or is it the same planet they they have now confirm that yes, it it does exist. I'm not sure if the, the movie they have made, uh, the Interstellar, is also inspired <laughs> of of this uh, planet or not. Uh, could you tell no. us a bit more about this? Please? Yeah, so the one I was talking about is actually a relatively new planet. Okay, it's a new planet. Um, okay. it's, a it's a type of planet called a Haitian world. Haitian uh, is a, an invented word that means hydrogen ocean. Okay. So it's a planet with a lot of hydrogen in the atmosphere and a nice ocean underneath. This one's a pretty new discovery. Okay, okay, okay. Very, very interesting. Um, what recent discoveries or research findings have been particularly exciting or groundbreaking, apart from this uh, in the field of uh, astrobiology and the research for extraterrestrial life, apart from this, of course? Yeah, sure. So I think that there's, it's been an incredibly bountiful field over the last few years, thanks to the James Webb Space Telescope. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, yesterday was a like a, a bounty day for exoplanet science, as long, mm -hmm. along with this Haitian world. Uh, there was another transiting exoplanet uh, that was shown to have methane in the atmosphere, mm -hmm. um, again, thanks to uh, James Webb. Um, it was This one was more of a warm Jupiter type thing, mm -hmm. but still with these all-important chemicals of life in the atmosphere. 
Mm. Um, and it's all thanks to this new telescope, the James Webb Space Telescope. It looks in the infrared, mm-hmm. so light that's slightly too long for our eye, long wavelength for our eyes to see. But that's perfect for seeing the evidence of these life-giving chemicals in the atmospheres of planets. And I think the most important thing and the most exciting thing is looking forward to the future. Because James Webb was engineered so well and the launch went so brilliantly, we've got this telescope for the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. So we've got two decades of looking for planets and hopefully making incredible discoveries uh, to come. It's, it's, it is honestly such an exciting time. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean, uh, the James Webb telescope is has a you know, can look into the space much, much better than the previous telescope. But you said 20 years. Does that mean that we will have a, that we we're expecting to have even a better telescope than James Webb? Uh, we do hope so, yes. Um, so the the next generation after James Webb of space telescopes is already being planned. Um, it's not fully funded yet. Obviously, space telescopes are expensive. Um, but what we're hoping, and what the sort of the World Council of Astronomers recommended uh, to NASA, the American Space Agency, was to send a fleet of space telescopes up uh, in 2030 and 2040. Okay. Um, this was actually what was happening. If you go back to the 1980s, the Hubble Space Telescope wasn't on its own. The Hubble was like the jewel in the crown mm-hmm. of a whole fleet of space telescopes. There was one called Galax that looked at the universe using ultraviolet light. There was one called Spitzer in the infrared. Uh, there were more in uh, things in the in the gamma ray and X-ray. And you know, eventually the missions of all those other telescopes ended and Hubble was left on its own. Uh, now what we're hoping is that we're going to do that again with 2030s, 2040s technologies and we'll, we'll again have a fleet of what NASA call great observatories. Uh, so, yeah, fingers crossed, as long as all the money works out, by the 2040s, James Webb should be one of four or five telescopes completely revolutionizing the way we see the universe. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much uh, for the interesting answers. A very interesting, uh, I, I didn't know about the uh, the new planet that was discovered yesterday, but thank you for that as well. I'm um, pretty sure that the um, you know, listeners, myself as well, have enjoyed uh, our discussion. Thank you for uh, your time. No, thank you so much for having me on. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so Zakaria and our listeners, that was Professor Matt Bothwell, a public astronomer at the Institute of Astronomy, University of Cambridge. Yeah, so um, Zakaria, I was checking um, this planet that oh, yeah. he mentioned, mm-hmm. and of course it was, he mentioned uh, the James Webb Space Telescope, and it was dis- discovered through that. Um, and they detected carbon dioxide and methane mm-hmm. um, in this exoplanet. Interesting. Uh, the planet itself is over eight times the size of Earth. Wow. It's considered potentially habitable. So whether after this 20 years, the, the telescope, we don't know what's going to happen with that, we're going to uh, develop um, better telescopes. But I don't know, maybe within those 20 years, we could reach these planets uh, yeah, physically we, we, or these scientists or... Definitely. I mean, just just look at 100 years ago. Who thought, let's say 150 years ago, who thought that we would have rockets that could actually, you know, reach... Um, you know, all the way to to a planet, let's say, yeah. right? just just hundred years ago or fifty years ago. I'm not or sure. Even within our planet, these discoveries of of um, uh, technology of right. um, cars and trains and yeah. and even making phone calls, right? Yeah. We we did not have. I mean, these. there there are many things, right, yeah. in the 21st century, just 20 years or 30 years ago, right, 
which in the you know end of the 20th century no one could have imagined to happen for example the, uh, the you know the smartphones that we have nowadays or lots of other things as well so we don't know what discoveries or what technology we will have in 20 or 25 years ago uh, from now but let's see you know if, i mean if, it's a step forward for yeah. the for scientists and for researchers to um see whether that is a habitable mm-hmm. planet um so yeah it was really interesting to find out about that i mean i did i did uh, come across the this but i didn't uh, see in detail um what planet it was or mm-hmm. what the findings are and uh, so it was great for, for um, that professor matt um told us um about this a bit more in detail yes yeah. um so if, of course um about life beyond our earth um and the possibilities of it you know quran has predicted many uh many many years ago i mean 1400, 1400 years ago 1400, we have yeah. been informed about life uh outside our own planet um so at the time of the quranic revelation it was greek astronomy which uh, you know dominated the minds of men uh, everywhere in the world and all civilizations seems to have been influenced uh, by the same and this domination continued uninterrupted until the time of copernicus uh, and at that age uh, people believed that the earth was composed of a mass of dust rock water air and minerals uh, it was a stationary mass with a near flat surface neither rotating around itself nor revolving around any other heavenly body uh, the earth occupied a unique position in the cosmos the like of which did not exist anywhere else in space it remained fixed and stationary in its mooring while the heavenly heavens uh, perpetually revolved around it evidently this concept of universe eliminated the possibility of existence of life elsewhere right and but contrary to this the holy quran admits neither uniqueness of the earth nor its being stationary and this is an evidence from the holy quran in chapter 65 where allah almighty states that allah is he who created seven heavens and the earth the like thereof so not just 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 our planet but there there are planets like ours beyond the you know our world right and he you know in chapter 21 allah says and he it is who created the night and the day and the sun and the moon each gliding along smoothly in its orbit another verse of the holy quran states and among his signs is the creation of the heavens and the earth and of whatever living creatures um is ha- ha- he has spread forth in both uh well in the second part of this verse you know it speaks not only of the possibility of extraterrestrial life but um it categorically declares that it does exist a claim which even the most modern scientific scientific researchers have not been able to uh, make so far with any measure of certainty so and and hopefully by some time as as we have found uh you know oceans of water even if it has to be uh, you know frozen water in other planets we will certainly you know find uh about life on on those planets as well as as you know 
that uh, you know in the Holy Quran also says that water is 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 the start and from water we have life um, so from from the revelation of the Holy Quran which was made when uh, the time of cosmology uh, as a science was not yet born you know in chapter 42 God Almighty says and he has the power to gather them together when he will so please so which means uh, I mean uh, when God wants we could possibly meet uh, extraterrestrial uh, you yeah. know because it's in it's in God's knowledge it's it's right? in God's knowledge of course um, we are yet to um, to learn about um, what we, what we can find in our understanding yep. uh, within our uh, human um, intellectual capacities mm-hmm. um, scientists and researchers are trying their best yes um, but it is up to Allah the Almighty that when he guides or how he guides human beings only then they can uh, perhaps um, for, make these findings yep. and you know we have yet to discover um, whether there is life there is potential findings of um, life on other planets or whether they can other planets can become habitable planets mm-hmm. um, but we're yet to come to a concise um, conclusion it's a it's it is interesting that every day, every um, it's we we increase our findings, mm-hmm. um, especially through the technology we have currently, and of course we're only going to develop on these technologies. Uh, we're only going to get better um, at what these these scientists are doing. Yeah. Um, so I think for the whole world, uh, it's interesting what we can actually achieve when we actually and even one of the, our guests uh, said if humans work together yep um if these organizations work together um i think we can reach our goal our um research can be more uh, precise um if we work together definitely definitely i mean this uh, also this message is also something that um um if it is followed right uh, then you know you could build bridges because i know there is a lot of conflicts happening between countries but then for the future of the our our future right we need to get together in order to 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 gain more knowledge and make more discoveries we need to unite but on the other hand as well to not destroy ourselves we need to unite as well so we can't you know fight for 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 reasons that is you know there's no reason to fight at all there's always yeah. a possibility of 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 love and and uh, and you know connecting it uh, ourselves f- for the sake of god almighty yeah. so our listeners in our first hour we discuss space whether there is life outside planet, the planet earth we discuss some recent advancements in the search of life beyond Earth, which we provide evidence of the possibility that we are not alone in this universe. The Earth-like planets are continuing to be discovered in our galaxies, and even some scientists are now estimating that we may have contact with extraterrestrial life uh, within the next few decades. However, the Holy Quran predicted the existence of extraterrestrial life almost 1400 years ago, when people had little to no knowledge. 
The fourth caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Tahir Ahmad, writes in his book Revelation, Rationality, Knowledge and Truth that Amazing it is not that what the Qur'an asserted as a fact around 1400 years ago is just beginning to appear as a feasible reality to scientists of today. The Qur'an goes a step further when it predicts that man shall one day make contact with extraterrestrial life. And with that we shall wrap up and we will be back after the head headlines at 5 o'clock news. You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text as this is a recording. And lines are now closed. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. And welcome back to the Drive Time Show on the Voice of Islam Radio. Before the break, we were discussing an interesting topic, which was, um, you know, space. Is there any life beyond the earth? Um, are there any uh, extraterrestrial life beyond our planet um, and indeed it was a very very interesting topic and we've learned some groundbreaking um, you know discoveries that has been done in the recent years and especially the discovery of yesterday um, but we have to move on of course because of the limited time and 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 limited uh, and, and there's so many things to discuss of course but uh, as introduced in the previous hour, we, in this hour, we'll be discussing a different topic, which is um, the, uh, the 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 science and religion. Have has that any connection? Um, you know, has science any connect? Have has has science any co- co- uh, any connection with 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 with, with religion? Um, because in today's society, many are slowly drifting far away from religion, and that is because, um, you know, there are you know uh, prophecies or, or, or writings in uh, some of the scriptures where you know it is, of course, you know, been written by humans where they misunderstood certain certain things, and that goes against science. And when when people see that. You know, if this is a book of God, then why is it against nature? Why is it against the science? So that means there should be a flaw in disbelief. But we have to understand that, you know, if there is something which goes against the uh, against science or against nature, it is not because God has told us. It's because humans have made an error of understanding God. Um but then when we look into the Holy Quran, nothing in the Holy Quran goes against the science. Um, and, and we have to understand that, that many of the uh, prophecies that were made, like, you know, we mentioned in, in, in our previous hour as well, they have been, you know, fulfilled as well. Um, according to BBC, one of the greatest reasons for people leaning towards atheism is the belief that there is no reliable evidence for the existence of God and that one should only believe in things for which they have good evidence. Yet, religion is still dear to the hearts of millions and has always been that way. What confident, what, what, what conf- convinces the people uh, who are religious to identify with a religious affli- uh, affiliation and what convinced their heart to believe, and this is something that we are, you know, going to discuss. Of course, and today, we will be discussing the possibility of a relationship between religion 
and yeah. science. So now, Zakaria, Islam and science, they go hand in hand. And Islam had, uh, in the Holy Quran, Allah Almighty made like prophecies mm-hmm. um, regarding science and which are being fulfilled, mm-hmm. right? And uh, you know where you mentioned that people are, they're drifting away from religion. Yep. You know, our current caliph, His Holiness, Hazrat Mirza Masroor Ahmed, may Allah be his helper. He was on a tour in Germany. And um, during the inauguration of one of the mosques, um, addressing the attendees and the dignitaries, uh, he mentioned, he mentioned in the sense that the root cause of all the problems that exist in the world currently yep. is because people are drifting away from religion mm-hmm. and they are distancing themselves from uh, their creator, Allah the Almighty. Yes. And this is a concern which not only mosques have, even church has the same concern, mm-hmm. even temples have the same concern that people are drifting away from religion. Yep. And they're distancing themselves from um, God Almighty. Mm-hmm. So if people come to realize this fact, people start to associate themselves with the religion and they understand that they have a creator who they must worship um, and fulfill his rights as well as the rights of creation, and then um, we can resolve all the problems that we are currently facing um, in the world. Definitely. And a very common question which people do ask uh, that if God exists, why can't we see God? Yep. I mean, uh, for this, the second caliph of the Ahmadi Muslim community has stated in his book, people perceive different types of physical properties through different senses um for instance sight or touch or smell or sound or or taste he gives an example of color one can only see color through sight not through any other senses yet it would not be sensible to deny its existence because you cannot for example smell color or if someone were to say they would only accept that a rose has fragrance if they could taste the fragrance, it would be simply illogical. It does not make sense for one to disbelieve in anything not seen by the naked eye, nor to only believe in something that can be seen. He further states, this, do, uh, to, uh, to do this would be to deny the existence of fragrance of a rose, the sources of a lime, the sweetness of honey, etc., etc., very, you know, very, uh, very logical, uh, logical right. uh, explanation, of course. I mean, it doesn't mean that uh, if you can't see something, you know, that it doesn't exist, right? It's because you haven't experienced with God, because God hasn't spoken to you, that doesn't mean that God doesn't exist, right? It, why would millions of people accept a prophet or you know, throughout the whole, uh, throughout the history, you have seen that prophets, you know, they have making prophecies or claiming that God has said to them certain, certain things and they have, uh, you know, been fulfilled. And, you know, hundreds and thousands of people have experienced that as well. Yeah. This, the, the, the existence of a prophet is on, its, uh, on itself. A, a proof of God. Yeah. Uh, this is why prophets have been sent throughout, you know, uh, the human race. 
have exi- have, uh, have existed this is so that you know people can recognize god through them yeah but you know Zakaria, um even with this example like one can argue still that this isn't sufficient to c- accept uh, whether there is a creator of the earth <laughs> they said evidence is necessary okay so there is evidence for a creator all around us and within us and as you mentioned that prophets uh, themselves are a um a proof of the existence of God Almighty yep. because they have received direct revelation they've uh, they spoke with God and they've given us the the proof mm-hmm. that God exists yes and in in things even within us there are signs of a creator of some supreme power beyond human beings beyond mm-hmm. just what we see hmm. yeah i mean definitely definitely i mean if you just go and share some examples of how god is uh, within us and how we can experience yes um definitely for, for instance a human body cell uh there are trillions of cells in a human body and around 200 types of cells each with a a distinct function each cell is created with so much attention to detail from the uh, ribosomes to the nucleus each has an assigned job each works with each other to complete the function of the organs and of the organism for a healthy functioning human body all of these cells had to be placed in a perfect fashion with just the right amount of each category it is hard for one to think of all of these things just you know happening on its own or by chance just as a, a human being is created with so much detail we are given a stomach for example and and to complete the rest of the digestion we have been given the organs which all work perfectly together to maintain our healthy bodies it is hard to fathom that everything fell so perfectly in its uh, respective place um has such great functions and necessities with its creations without some higher being in charge of it and the holy quran uh in you know, the god almighty states that verily in the creation of the heavens and the earth and in the alternation of the night and day and in the ships which sail in the sea with that which profits men and in the water which Allah sends down from the sky and quickens therewith the earth after its death and scatters therein all kinds of beasts and in the change of the winds and the clouds pressed into service between the heavens and the earth are indeed signs for the people who understand everything that surrounds us has signs of a creation everything you know everything has been created which is an which is in the nature right is created with with such a perfection it is not logical nor uh, possible to think that we have all been created out of nothingness or that there is not someone uh, behind everything so perfectly arranged in the earth there are endless other signs of the existence of creator behind all we see some of which we will come uh, you know cover today i mean um it just reminds me of of a story of a saint who um lived many years ago and he um was asked to debate a a atheist or a person who didn't believe in in god at all um now well they have been given a specific time so 
the person who did not believe in God came and, and the crowd was there. But the God, you know, the person who believed in, in a God, he didn't arrive there. And he came late and everyone, of course, asked, why are you late? And uh, he, you know, said that you wouldn't believe me if I told you what happened to me. Now, I, uh, you know, there was, I had to cross a river and there's literally no, no boat in front of me. And suddenly I saw a tree being cut on its own. The branches and, 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 and the wood just gathered together and it, it, I, I saw a boat being formed and no one was like touching it. So it was just, you know, magically, happening by, magically happening by itself. And I was astonished as well, right? And I sat down on it and I didn't have to, you know, do anything. And the boat was just going on its own to the other part, you know, part of the uh, the river. And and because of that, I, I got late, right? And everyone, including the, the, the person, the, the opposition, uh, who didn't believe in God, he said, how is that even possible? He was, just he was astonished, yeah. He yeah, was, like, was astonished. How is that possible that that boat just, you know, created, created itself, by itself, right? And he said, this is what I wanted to explain you. The reason I explained you this, I, I came late, is to, you know, explain you that if you believe that just an ordinary thing, or, you know, a boat is created by someone and it's, it is for you to and and you all believe that this boat cannot be built on its own similarly our creation or everything we see around us has to have a creator it's very logical and that was the end of the debate that was the end of the debate yep. that's it There's no, yeah. i mean there are many ways people you know could convince others uh, but it's just all about logic as well right mm. And also about understanding. About understanding as well, yeah. yes. So pondering upon and educating, educating oneself on the existence and signs of a creator is not only incumbent upon those who have their doubts, but it is also upon those who believe. In one of his narrations, the founder of Islam, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of God be upon him, has said that the seeking of knowledge is obligatory for every Muslim man and woman. So we must... Uh, if we have these questions within ourselves, um, then we must go out and seek the answers for these questions. Definitely. Because only then we will uh, come to a conclusion, we will come to a better understanding yes. of everything that God has created. And once you start to gain knowledge, you start to gain, uh, have more understanding about our Creator mm -hmm. um, and how He has created us. Yeah. So we should, as, um, as Muslims, and uh, regardless of whichever uh, religion you follow, uh, we should do our own research. We should try and get the answers of our questions. Hmm. Definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, even those belonging to the most religious families uh, have to undergo the spiritual awakening and ponder what truth they believe truly holds. Right in the verse of the Holy Quran, um, God Almighty states. Say, travel in the earth and see how he originated the creation. Then will Allah provide the uh, latter creation. Surely Allah has power over all things. And this verse also, you know, is uh, is an evidence. You know, you just said that um, it's our duty to go and seek knowledge because through seeking knowledge, you'll find 
more answers to your questions. Yeah, you know, traveling well. just mentioned in this verse hmm. um, that Allah in- instructs us to travel the earth. Yep. Um, and that is one of the signs of his existence. Like, you know, yep. when, you, when you go out and see uh, nature, when you see these mountains and these oceans and the rivers, they're so beautiful uh, that you cannot comprehend that and you cannot understand that this cannot be just uh, a coincidence. Yep. Right? Uh, just a few weeks ago, I was in Wales. You're mm-hmm. right. It's it's nature. It's beautiful mountains, scenery, mm-hmm. and throughout the day when I was traveling, throughout the days that I was traveling, I was just continuously, continuously repeating Alhamdulillah, all praise to Allah the Almighty, mm-hmm. because of the, the what I was seeing was right. just astonishing. Right. Even though uh, they are around the world, um, Switzerland, for example, Norway, they have beautiful scenery they have beautiful mountains waterfalls and wales is just uh, a small part which is also within the uk it, mm-hmm. it has very uh, it's very scenic and it's very beautiful in in regards to nature mm-hmm. but just by seeing that i was uh, uh, i was just astonished yeah right? that what a creation of allah the almighty this reminds me of one of uh, the conversations we had a few years ago with um um uh, an astronaut, I believe, who went uh, into the space. And uh, I had this question that you've seen the world from within, inside, but when you went out and saw the world, and one comment that uh, you know he made was, it's nothing like we see from the Earth. It's, it's, it's very different. Mm. And you're astonished by seeing the Earth from outside, the yeah. earth, right, and then um, you know he said some very interesting uh, you know things as well. And I said that when you look at the universe and look at the world, and when we when you were there, would you think that there is you know, a creator behind this? And they they yeah, there must be a creator because the earth and the universe, everything is made so perfectly, mm. with so much precision. You know there must be a creator. So. It was he was not even a Muslim or a believer, but then you know when they when he pondered upon the creation, or like you said, you know, he said Alhamdulillah, all praise belongs to Allah. You were you were, you know you saw it, you saw how beautiful it is, mm-hmm. uh, and similarly that you know that person you know was astonished by seeing the you know seeing the earth from outside and also was wondering that there must be a creator behind this. And this is with everyone who ponders, because Allah Ta'ala, uh, God Almighty states in the Holy Quran that have you not pondered upon my creation? Have you not pondered upon my my words? And this is this is this is something which is important that do not limit your your thinking that okay, I don't believe in God because I don't see. I don't see God. Just mm. ponder, and just think more than just 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 see you just, whatever you hear from people, right? Because um, to see God, you you know, you'll have to look at the signs as well. Look at his his signs, his signs or his words in the Holy Scripture. In the Holy Quran, you'll find answers to it as well. For yeah. example, there's so many prophecies, and I have some some uh, for the guests to uh, to listen. Is for example, 
in the Holy Quran in chapter 41, verse 21, it says, their skins will bear witness against them as to what they have been doing, right? This is about fingerprints. Or, you know, the, the you know nowadays, who could have thought that 1400 years ago, someone killed another person, right? Or someone has been killed. How would you know who killed who if no one has seen it? So 1400 years ago, they would have not guessed it at all if no one has seen it. But now through, you know, DNA tests and other sorts of tests, fingerprints as well, you know, yep. which, which uh, you, know, uh, you know, detectives yeah. you know, look for, you know, they find, you know, find out who, how this person, you know, <laughs> ended his life or yeah. how, how this person died. So this is something that was prophesied in 1400 years ago. It's really Th- astonishing, yeah. Then you have, um, th- you have many more actually, Um, the Quran is full with prophecies. The Quran is full yeah, of prophecies about, about the latter days, which are yeah, and it's being fulfilled. Uh, we see it, um, and and even scientists, they come to realize that Islam is true. The Holy Quran is the perfect book, yeah, uh, which has made prophecies fourteen uh, hundred years ago. Hmm. And you know, but Zakaria, um, we say we should seek knowledge. It, but I don't think it isn't wrong for anyone to wonder. Uh, whether God exactly uh, it, it, God ex- um, exists, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not a wrong question. Whether if if it if it comes to someone's mind, um, it's good because that will lead them to their own independent research, yep. talking to other individuals, and it would only uh, give them certainty uh, after the research and uh, findings that God Almighty exists. Yep. And, you know, just to narrate uh, one example uh, some people do say like if god exists then how do we find him mm-hmm. um, what is the way to find him mm. so in the friday sermon of august 11 2023 the caliph of the amdia muslim community hazrat mirza masur ahmed may allah be his helper he narrated faith inspiring stories of many people who discovered and found peace in the amdia muslim community so he was mentioning one such incident in which he states that there was a man who had converted to Islam. Right, and once in a dream he saw the promised Messiah, uh, the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, peace be upon him, mm-hmm. inviting him to peace. Later, his wife was showing him something on the internet when he saw a picture of the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, mm-hmm. and realized that this was the same person from his dream. Right? And then he saw another dream in which the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, told him that he was the promised Messiah. and Imam Mahdi. Mm-hmm. However, he did not accept Ahmadiyyat right away and continued studying about the community. Then he saw a third dream in which he could see displeasure in the expression of the promised Messiah, peace be upon him. Mm-hmm. Upon this, he pledged allegiance and entered the fold of Ahmadiyyat. So there's endless stories of um, such converts uh, who and these individuals who question uh, the relevance of religion, who question even the validity uh, of the community they belong to. Hmm. So questions are common. People do have um, in, in their minds, uh, but it's just they need to go a step further. They need to uh, try to understand. And they do come to a, a result, a conclusion, and their heart does become at peace after finding um, finding out. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, uh, But when you have questions, you should not just stay there and then make a conclusion that, okay, that's it. There's no, you know, nothing beyond this. You know, whatever I 
think that is it. No, you should go and, and ask um, also people who believe in, in God why you believe in God. Why but there is, is there any proof? So you probably find the answers to it as well. Um, I mean, um, questioning the existence of God, pondering upon and, and educating oneself on the existence and signs of a creator is not only incumbent upon those who have their doubts, um, but also upon those who believe in him. In one of the narration of the Holy Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, he said that seeking of knowledge is obligatory for every Muslim man and woman. Even those belonging to the most religious of families have no undergo uh, the spiritual awakening and, and ponder what truth they believe truly holds. The Holy Quran also states that say, travel in the earth and see how he originated the creation. Then will Allah provide the latter creation. Surely Allah has power over all things. So in this verse, you know, God Almighty instructs us to travel the earth, to ponder over the signs of the creation. Hence, seeking knowledge and pondering over the existence of a greater being is incumbent upon every Muslim and non-Muslims alike. Because you know the reason why we are mentioning non-muslims is because uh, we believe the holy prophet وسلم, to have brought a religion for the whole mankind not just for the arabs or for his time or for his tribe but for the whole mankind um you know it is not wrong for anyone to wonder whether it's truly i mean this is you know it's it, it like you said it's a you know it's it's a duty for everyone, including Muslims and non-Muslims, to find the God that uh, you know religious people or prophets um, you know prove to have existed. Now, uh, one of the biggest things we have to our aid is to erase or to to ease our searching for a God in science, unlike the beliefs of many science is in fact in alliance with God's existence. The Promised Messiah Islam, the founder of the Ahmadi Muslim community, states, I consider Malvis or, or clerics who are opposed to the acquisition of modern knowledge to be in error. So clerics, uh, mullahs or, or those who you know claim to be uh, religious leaders who oppose uh, modern knowledge the Prophet Islam, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Muhammad says they are in error. They in fact do so to cover up their own errors and weaknesses. They have convinced themselves that research into modern sciences leads to error and alienates uh, a person from Islam. They seem to hold that reason and science are totally inconsistent with Islam. As they have not the capacity to expose the weakness of philosophy, they seek to cover up their own shortcomings by propounding that it is not permissible to acquire modern education. Their souls tremble before philosophy and prostrate themselves before new research. They have not been bestowed the true philosophy which is born of divine revelation and of which the Holy Quran is full to the brim. 
The philosophy is bestowed only upon those who prostrate themselves at the threshold of God Almighty with extreme humility and self-negation, whose minds and hearts exclude all putridity uh, of pride and who, confessing their weakness, implore and affirm humbly that they are the true servants of the divine. So the modern findings are in fact supported and appreciated by many people holding religious beliefs and there is endless scientific evidence containing the Holy Quran suggested the existence of being with knowledge far greater than the human beings are granted with I mean um, you know through this you know you see that God is the one who guides people towards uh, you know findings towards science um, and and in one occasion the promised messiah Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed uh, peace be upon him he said that the findings and the signs and the ideas that we get it doesn't you know just come like that it is a sort of revelation that we receive so even the ideas or the discoveries that we make as humans it's it's from god almighty and I believe I, you know, I, I, I watched a movie a uh, few few years ago, I think, and it was an Indian mathematician, I believe, and he claimed that he receives message from God where he finds his answers. And he came to the UK as well, and the professors here were astonished, and they said, where do you get these answers from? And they're yeah. like, uh, we, we, we get this from uh, i get this I, I get revelation these ideas come from from uh, uh, from god right but they they just couldn't believe that it came from god but then you know every scientist when the idea comes it, it comes through god almighty right and we should not believe that it just comes from us yes if someone ponders like god almighty says if you ponder upon the words of god almighty or upon the creation you will definitely find answers but these answers you know they do not come from nowhere it comes also from god almighty because god wants humans to um evolve or god wants people to progress and without his help it wouldn't be possible so um can you give us some uh, examples from the Holy Quran where the Holy Quran states about signs or, or discoveries, for example? Yeah, so, you know, Zakir, I mentioned before as well that science and um, Islam, yeah. um, they have a deep connection, right? Mm -hmm. And there's many prophecies uh, within um, the Quran. Mm -hmm. um, so, for instance, only about 500 years ago, like well-known scientists like uh, Copernicus and Galileo, they argued that the Earth is not static in its solar uh, orbital system and is rather continuing to orbit in this solar system. In the Holy Quran, over 1400 years ago, in chapter 21, verse 34, God Almighty states, And he it is who created the night and the day and the sun and the moon, each gliding along in its orbit. The Holy Prophet Muhammad, the founder of Islam, peace and blessings to Allah be upon him, a man with said that a man with no education, living in the desert, of course, Holy Prophet of uh, Islam, uh, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, 
he was divinely guided by Allah the Almighty, mm-hmm. right? And he was an individual. He had no education, living in the deserts of Arabia. Uh, he could not come up, you know, with these information. Like obviously, uh, Allah the Almighty had revealed the Holy Quran the entire in, in its entirety to him. Mm-hmm. So it, it could not be have possible um, that he made uh, made it up from himself. God forbid. And the truth about the universe on its own, um, it, it's something that no human being can uh, comprehend or make things about uh, up about it. Yep. So the book he was receiving revelations f- uh, for could not have been self-written. They had to have been a greater power behind it. Yep. So you know, like I mentioned, that now scientists, like over f- four five hundred years ago, they discovered that the Earth is not static; it's moving, it's orbiting mm-hmm. um, in the solar system. And um, whereas the Holy Quran had mentioned it over fourteen hundred years ago, mm-hmm. so science and the Holy Quran and religion and Islam they go hand in hand. Yep. They complement each other, and Islam actually um, tells us hmm. that these this is what science is, and we can have a better understanding of science if we study and ponder over the Holy Quran itself, mm-hmm. right? So. Another scientific discovery humans only began discovering in recent years that all things consisted in pairs. For instance, the pair of protons and neutrons, matter and antimatter, stamen and pistol, all consisting of pairs. The pair of matter, antimatter, protons and neutrons, they, were, they weren't discovered until the 1900s. Yep. Yet over 1400 years ago, God stated in the Holy Quran, Holy is he who created all things in pairs of what the earth grows and of themselves and of what they know not, right? Hmm. We did not know. Yep. Humans did not know of, of this fact that hmm. everything um, has been created in pairs. Whether okay, it's a yeah. living thing, whether it's what the earth grows or of themselves, um, we are only coming to discover them uh, recently or within the last uh, hundred uh, century or so. And if a man living in Arabia was not guided by a higher being, which is God Almighty, mm-hmm. it was literally impossible for him to write down all these revelations yep. down by himself. Mm. If yep. we, if someone has questions, if they go and study the Holy Quran, yep. just read the Holy Quran and study as much as you can. Ponder over what God Almighty is stating within the Holy Quran. The answers are there for his existence. Mm. and. It's something many many can many do argue actually that it's 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 a mere coincidence. It's a mere coincidence that these prophecies were stated in the Holy Quran. Um, but why aren't these coincidences filled in the other scriptures, right? Mm-hmm. Why is it that the Holy Quran is filled with endless coincidences like such? And at what point can we decide that this is one too many coincidences to occur by mere chance? Yeah. There's there's so many other examples um, that um, we have, uh, which the Holy Quran states. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Thank you, um, Anoshirwan. Um, we have uh, a guest with us uh, who is Nair um, Ahmed, uh, a PhD in molecular biology and immunology. He works as a technical supervisor. A supervisor and consultant for high complexity clinical diagnostic uh, di- diagnostic 
labs that test for infectious diseases. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you, and welcome to the Voice of Islam Drive Time Show. Jazakallah for having me. Jazakallah for, for joining us. Um, uh, Brother Naya, I um, would like to ask you um, a question which um, uh, you know, which is very interesting uh, is how do you feel about the fact um, that a lot of people are drifting away from religion and, and claim it uh, is because religion and science cannot coexist? Um, that's a very uh, that's a very important question uh, to begin with. Um, I mean, a lot of times I don't really blame these people because of what they see in religion and especially what is going on right now. There is a strife going on between um, religion and science, and you know, religion is uh, more often than not seen to um, you know play catch up with science. Um, more importantly, I think. I believe, very strongly believe, that there is a perfect harmony between them. They're not mutually exclusive, and we have to understand that. Mm-hmm. You know, religion, uh, you know, basically alludes to the fact that, um, you know, that science is a tool uh, to study the nature of God. And so it, it basically plays in perfect harmony with each other. Um, you know, as an example, you know, Quran, uh, or the Holy Quran, uh, which, is the, which is the holy book of, of Islam, uh, you know, it, 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 it's a living testament. You know, um, it, it offers guidance and wisdom that is pertinent to um, every age. Uh, you know, as science continues to uh, unveil new understandings, you know, the Quran's teachings remain consistent with these discoveries. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that more often than not. Uh, you know, there are almost, uh, uh, what, in excess of 700 verses of the Holy Quran that uh, point towards, uh, you know, pondering over the universe mm-hmm. and pondering over science. And using that as a tool to study uh, science, and and what that really leads to, is and and what that should ultimately lead you to, is to question about a a an intelligent being out there, an intelligent creator out there, that everything is working in such perfect harmony. How is it possible to entertain a question like, oh, there is a complete division between religion and science? So it's very unfortunate if you have that kind of thought process, but. In essentially, uh, religion or, or or science are not, uh, as I've mentioned, they're not mutually exclusive. You can you can actually use one or the other to uh, achieve near, nearness to God. Uh, because the most important thing that that science does for us, you know, there are two distinct features of any religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one is to uh, you know recognize your true Creator, and the second part of of especially of Islam is uh, service to mankind. You can never serve mankind if you don't progress in science. Mm-hmm. Science is such an important tool for the advancement of, of medicine, the advancement of agriculture. You name the scientific field, uh, you name any scientific field, and it requires you to uh, you know, serve mankind in ways that, that makes their life more efficient. I mean, look at the technological tools that we have available to us. Look at what we're doing right now. You know, you're sitting all the way, your team is sitting all the way in the UK, and I'm sitting all the way in the US, and we're using technology to bring the, the true and peaceful message of, uh, of, of religion and science <laughs> at the same time to the world and, and to all of the, the listeners who are listening to this, this talk right now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no, there's absolutely no incongruity between these two things. And, and it's, it's, it's difficult for people to sometimes grasp the, 
the subtle nature of religion. But yeah, there are concepts, you know, of God and this concept of, you know, prophethood and revelation. Of course, these things cannot be measured, or at least at this point cannot be measured by, by scientific tools. But all those things should actually eventually, and especially scientific uh, pursuits, should eventually lead you to question the very existence of God and, and, and the purpose of religion. Jazakallah. <laughs> Jazakallah. Thank you. Um, you know, earlier we we quoted a, a quotation of the Promise of Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam where he mentioned about Malvis or clerics or religious, um, uh, you know, people who claim that uh, nowadays science is unnecessary or false and he considered those people those clerics uh, to be in error um, so how do you respond to those religious extremists who claim all modern day science is a unnecessary is unnecessary or, or, or false so if you're excuse me if your religion denies of you or asks you to be anti-science and give up faith in science or modern science, then you need a new religion, buddy. You need a new faith. Uh, Islam certainly does not contradict um, scientific pursuits, as I've already mentioned before. And, and you know, there, again, bringing back to you the fundamental purpose of religion, you know, first of all, to fulfill your responsibilities towards God. Number two, to fulfill your responsibility towards fellow mankind. These are two fundamental responsibilities that have been laid out. Um, at least as far as the the religion of Islam goes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it, it's essential to approach these conversations very carefully with empathy and respect and understanding, and that's something that is very lacking from, you know, from the sides of these modern-day extremists and religious fundamentalists, uh, because they don't want to have, uh, you know, conversations about these things. They don't want to have a, uh, you know, a, a, a discourse on these topics. So we have to find that common ground where we can at least agree upon and understand and respect the deep convictions that people have. But at the same time, you know, you have to also acknowledge that there are many worlds, you know, some of the greatest thinkers and scientists who have lived in the past were very religious mm-hmm. and have sought to understand the universe, you know, as a way to better understand the divine or the divine powers of God. Um, you know, so what is the purpose of science? You know, science seeks to understand the mechanisms of our world. You know, it's a tool. Uh, it's not a belief system, but it definitely is a tool. Uh, you know, just like a, like a microscope can show you the inner workings of a cell uh, from a leaf or from a body or from an organism, you know, science can provide insight into the workings of the universe. So it doesn't invalidate religious beliefs, but it gives us another way to appreciate the intricacies of creation, um, you know, and of course we cannot ignore the, the benefits of modern science. You know, regardless of your belief, you know, about the origins of life or the universe, it's hard to deny the, the tangible benefits of modern science, you know, advancements in medicine, advancements in agriculture, technology. You know, it's, it, everywhere you see that, it has improved our quality of life. Mm-hmm. And it's extended our lifespan, and it's alleviated so much suffering around the world. So all of those things put together, you know, it, it is something that very beautifully, you know, sits very well and bodes very well with Islam, because that's what Islam is asking you to do. It is, it is asking you to serve mankind. And so science is something that really helps you do that. And so I feel that, you know, such individuals are very unfortunate 
that they have turned a blind eye towards, uh, you know, these, these Islamic beliefs that are, uh, quite frankly, like I've, like I've mentioned before, that they're completely, they're, they're totally sprinkled across the Holy Quran. And the Quran very, very, you know, unequivocally and unambiguously mentions and talks about these 700 verses that I just told you. That's almost about what? One tenth, one fifteenth of the Quran that talks about just pondering over the universe and how God has created everything. So, uh, their beliefs are very, not only anti-science, but they're anti-religion at the same time. So they're, they're basically completely negating one of the fundamental responsibilities that, that religion has bestowed upon them. It's a blessing to be, to be able to be part of a religion that actually promotes education. It promotes academic life, a way of life. So uh, that, that's all I would like to say, and that's what I feel about these, these religious extremists. Jazakallah. Um, do you believe that religion and science do exist in, in everything that surrounds us? Can we relate religion with everything that we see or we experience? Um, absolutely. You know, if you, if you look at the, the fundamental, uh, you know, nature of, uh, of everything that is around us, there's a verse of the Holy Quran that talks very extensively about this. Uh, you know, it basically says that you know, people who are enlightened, they, they basically ponder over the universe, you know, while they're sitting, while they're standing, while they're sitting on their backs, uh, while, while they're lying on their sides. And this verse of the Holy Quran and these, 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 these topics from the Holy Quran, they allude to that very fact. And it basically talks about, the Quran very often talks about, uh, you know, pondering over the heavens and the earth. So that encompasses everything around us. You talk about the most minor matter that lies in front of your eyes. You talk about the celestial bodies that are, you know, in, in the universe. You talk about all the galaxies. I mean, in just modern history, if you talk about the James Webb telescope that was sent into, uh, into space to study the universe, there are hundreds and millions of galaxies out there. There's so much. There's, the universe is so huge, and the, the sheer size of it, you know, really makes you wonder. It makes you ponder that, you know, there must be an, an intelligent being out there. So the fact that, you know, uh, yes, absolutely, religion and science are surrounding you from all sides. Mm. Because if you, if you basically ponder over the matter in front of you, if you are a, a research scientist that talks about um, or, or, or researches on, on the living cells or, or, or does any kind of uh, medicine uh, research, or or is in astro- if, if you study astronomy, all of these are encompassed in 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 the, in the Holy Quran, and the Holy Quran talks about the heavens and the earth, as as we mentioned before. So keeping all of that in mind, you have to understand that Islam is a religion, or Quran is a book that really encompasses everything uh, as far as uh, your 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 worldly matter goes, and your religion, and all of these research pursuits. And everything that surrounds us, you know, should lead you, eventually lead you. And this is what, what the Holy Quran is telling you. This is the message that, that God is giving us. Hmm. That if you are to do this research, if you are to ponder over the creation that I have, it will lead you to me. Hmm. Any intelligent, consequently, any intelligent human being out there, any intelligent human being out there who hmm. is basically doing this research or is at least, you know, has the, has the passion to... To, to look at things from a perspective of seeing no incongruity in nature, 
and seeing absolutely no nothing disproportionate in nature is going to start questioning this. It is it is just human nature. This is how God has created us. Mm-hmm. That we will everything that surrounds us, everything that we look at, is eventually going to lead us to that one uh, living being, and it's it and and that's what our religion teaches us. So yeah. the, the the religion of Islam, the way that the Quran is made, it basically goes from the grassroots level up, and it doesn't force you. You know, there's no there's no there's no uh, coercion in matters of faith. There's no coercion in matters of religion. So what God is asking you to do is do, is asking you to do some homework. He's basically asking you to go back and do some research and see things around you and ponder over them and ponder over the universe and ponder over the heavens and earth and how he created everything. And once you start doing that, once you make that your daily exercise, you know, it will eventually lead you to the belief of God. So religion and, and, and science absolutely surround you in, in, in every aspect and every facet of life. It's just about having that spiritual eye that's very important for you to to um, absorb everything around you and mm. be able to make that very, you know, there are people who will go astray. We, you know, there's a very good example of Richard Dawkins. He doesn't mm. believe in it. He still finds a lot of mistakes in science. He finds a lot of mistakes in, in, uh, in the biology of things. And, you know, uh, you know there, of course, he's turning a blind eye to certain aspects of it. But any intelligent human being, and that's what, uh, that's what God says, intelligent human beings, people who reflect, people yep. who will ponder over things. So, but we we have to we have to really delineate you know people who are who are pondering over the universe and people who don't and will turn a blind eye no matter how much uh, science is shown to, to them and how much perfection is is shown to them. Jazakallah. Thank you very much uh, for your uh, detailed answer. Thank you um, for joining us and answering our questions. Jazakallah. Peace be upon you too. Yeah, Zakaria, just before um, we took on Brother Nayer uh, for a call, I mentioned two um, scientific discoveries which were made, um, which were discovered in the recent years, but the Holy Quran had mentioned them over 1400 years ago. Mm. Uh, Just, I know we're heading towards the end of our second hour. Um, I'll briefly mention just one more, um, that the scientific discovery, which has already been mentioned in the Quran, um, about the three layers that the sea is divided into. The first 200 meters where sunlight reaches, uh, the 200 uh, to 1000 meter zone, that's the second one, where minimal sunlight reaches, and the zone after one kilometer, which consists of complete darkness. Um, this is a fact that human beings only recently discovered that the, the sea is divided into three layers. But the Holy Quran um, had prophesied this or mentioned this um, for over 1400 years ago. And modern-day expert divers bear testimony that the darkness post one kilometer of depth is so strong that it is impossible to see their own hands at such depth. So how could a man, if he was truly on his own, discover the secrets of the universe Mm. from the deserts of Arabia? There had to be someone guiding. And that person who was guiding, that the person, he was being guided by someone and which we believe was God Almighty. Definitely, definitely. I would like to give you some more examples of the Holy Quran, you know. For example, genetic engineering, the Holy Quran says they will alter Allah's creation. He knew that, you know, the scientists will be altering the creation of God Almighty. Then the Quran also says about mountains being moved uh, in, in chapter 81. You can see that in nowadays mountains are literally being moved by dynamites and, and by, by, uh, by making roads through 
or uh, th- through mountains, right? And then new transportation system as well. Where Gaurumati says that she camels, um, uh, 10 months pregnant are abundant or camels will be abundant in the Holy Quran. Who could have ever thought of their best means of transportation will be abundant at all, as in the, 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 they wouldn't be using camels at all, right? That yeah. was the best means of transportation for the Arabs in the time of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And you see that nowhere has been, we don't use any camels anymore, except from, you know, attraction and, and all that. So all that, and there's so many prophecies that prove the existence of God that was made 1400 years ago and no one could have ever thought of it. I would like to end it with a quote of the Khalifa al-Masih who said, I seek help with patience and prayer and this indeed is hard to accept for the humble in spirit. So this is a, a Quranic verse and he says, we must increase our relationship to God by trying to be humble and not becoming arrogant. Allah said to the promised Messiah, I like your humility. This meant that Allah was pleased with the promised Messiah and gave him the glad tidings you will be blessed with. Thank you very much, I would, uh, everyone. I would like to thank Maria Ahmed Tuba and Nadia Anwar uh, for um, producing today's uh, show. Thank you. Jazakallah.